0: Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And how are you doing, Hollow Cult, on this wonderful, chilly Monday morning? We hope everybody is having a good time, even though it's Monday and Mondays are the shits. But it's spooky season. Big facts. So so, fall is awesome. Kyle's cracking a monster. I'm already too deep, so... We're going to hold off on that for right now. Uh Kyle's got a bunch of interesting uh paranormal creature attacks, I guess is the best way to put that. Kind of, yeah. Encounters? Yeah. He's going to dive into today to keep this the spooky train rolling. It is a good time of the year for
1: these types of stories, too. Yeah. The scurry ones.
0: And it just so happens Halloween falls on a Monday. That so we'll sucks. be releasing and Well, it does suck for trick-or-treaters and shit. But for us, we get to release a spooky story on Monday. Word. So you can play it in the car and make your children hold their ears because we say bad words. So it works out for everybody involved. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share with us, Kyle's got all sorts of information, including the email... Sky Podcast interviews. Yeah. At gmail.com. If you'd like to be interviewed about your experience, but if you just like one featured on the normal show,
1: Kyle's got the goodies. Yeah, you can uh, use your voice memo app, record yourself, shoot it over to the email. You can write your story out, shoot it over to the email, which is going to be com. Like Steve said, if you're gearing for an interview for our Patreon, you can email holoskyinterviews at gmail.com, and we can get that set up. Uh, you can also call the holophone, which is 1618-556-0837. All that information is also in the show notes, so if you don't feel like writing it down right now, you can screenshot it or do whatever you can from the uh, show notes. Um, another thing I've been starting to do is, is some of the old text messages old voicemails i've been turning them into posts and posting them to instagram i've also been sending them to steve to post wherever he wants to post them so your stories will also be displayed for everyone to read and react to and put their two cents in on our social medias
0: heck yeah keep the engagement up for sure keep some content rolling if you'd like to support the show, there's tons of ways you can do it, ways you can do it. We have a Patreon, which for as little as one dollar a month, you can get all sorts of extra content—thirty-five plus free shows, digging up old uh, newspaper articles about cryptid sightings and weird shit that we're trying to post over there. Worth worth a dollar, if you ask me but i don't know we are in a recession some people think not anyway go over there check that out see if there's something there that you like we also have a venmo if you'd like to throw some monster money our way which has been happening so i thank you yeah thank you all for uh, tossing tossing some monster money our way to keep that rolling um, that, is,
1: that is rather kind of all of you yes
0: it's the giving season you have to forgive me my voice and my allergies have just decided to live their own life, I guess it's got me all screwed up. The best way you can support the show though is word of mouth. Share us everywhere on um, social medias to all your weird friends. Just keep, keep the hollow cult rolling. The more members in the hollow cult we get, the better. Uh, You can also leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be super awesome to uh, read those out, shout them out for you. And today's is brought to us by our friend Chili Man 100 from New Zealand. Dang, coming Shout in out. from Shout far out. over. They call, they call them kiwis, is that right? I don't know, That's a
1: fruit, right? Yeah, but... I, I feel like calling somebody a fruit is not very nice. Nice,
0: let me Google it before we get into this. Oh, let's look at the Googler. I think he likes chili. New Zealand Kiwi meaning, before I throw that out there. Kiwi is a nickname. The name derives from the Kiwi, a native flightless bird, which is a national symbol of New Zealand. So I'm close. If that's not right, I apologize, Chili man. Anyway, he says, thanks, five stars. My new fave, love the way you guys are so real, just being yourselves. Well, Chili man, first off, thank you so much for leaving us a five-star rating. We're glad to be a, your favorite because you're our favorite too for leaving us a nice five-star and um ourselves is all we really know how to be. This is true. We're not but, good we're not really good at anything else. It's what we've built our brand on. Yeah. Yeah. Just being two dudes. But thank you for taking the time to leave that five star. Much appreciated. And the fact that he says thanks, like it goes a long sometimes way. Sometimes you need to hear that.
1: It goes a long way. Like,
0: man, I needed that today. Yep. So thank you. Thank you. It's the reason we do this. Speaking of doing this, we've got uh, some brothers from along the way that have a little podcast called The Belief Hole. Uh, John's the one who's responsible for our banging-ass intro, and we just want to take this time to uh, kind of show you their show, and we're going to let them do that for us right here. Have you heard of The Belief Hole podcast? True tales of the inexplicable and the unknown. Just a shadow of a man standing at the edge of my bed. The next thing I
1: know, there are two long metal rods coming at my head. Join the brothers of the belief hole as they explore the strange through deep research and sonic storytelling.
0: Large triangle-shaped something it was so freaky looked like it was coming closer like out of the forest i thought to myself what on earth i do
1: remember that bright light it looked at least seven eight feet tall this thing staring at me i remember thinking
0: to myself what the hell is going on this thing was blacker than black weird
1: chanting halfway through it had stood up on its hind legs
0: and walked the rest of the way
1: discover the belief hole podcast available wherever you listen
0: so do yourself a favor while you're waiting for the next Hollow episode to drop. Check out the Belief Hole Boys and get you an extra dose of weirdness. Now on to our listener experience of the day. It's from our friend Juan and it's titled Sleep Paralysis. See, wow. Got Sleep Paralysis. <laughs> Fucking nailed that. Sleep Paralysis slash UFO sighting question mark. Juan says, hey guys, love the show. Just started listening about two weeks ago now. Found you through the Confessionals podcast. I figured I'd write in some experiences with some sleep paralysis and a UFO sighting. I believe it was over a Tyson plant here in Iowa. I've had sleep paralysis for about 10 years now since I was 15 living with my parents. I would get it at least once or twice a week. It'd be your simple can't move or shout experience where I'd yell for my dad, but nothing would come out. I vividly remember having my eyes open and everything seemed foggy and distorted. There was a time where I would see distorted faces in the sleep paralysis, then it would gradually seem to get worse. When I moved out of my parents' house at the age of 20 to 21, I moved into an apartment with my girlfriend. The paralysis would get more intense and I would start to see shadow figures. There were ones that really stuck out to me uh, as I was in paralysis mode, but I, it, I wasn't in our bedroom. I was in the kitchen laying on the kitchen table and I could clearly see a figure peeking in and out from the corner of the living room looking directly at me on the table where I laid. Now it gets more intense from the moment on. I told myself I would stop opening my eyes and just let it happen till I woke up. I would start to feel like somebody would either sit or lay next to me. I could feel the weight of whatever was there doing either of those things. But just recently, recently, like a month ago, it happened again. But it was twice in the same night. I woke up from the first one, then fell back asleep, and it happened again. But this time, I felt and heard something running into the bedroom and get right up next to me. And I felt like a breathing on my face both times, the same night it happened. Freaked the fuck out of me. I don't know what to think or do. I would think praying would help, but it doesn't. So I wonder if it's all just in my head or if something's going on. Now on to the UFO sighting as well. Well, what I believe was a sighting... Okay. Now on to the UFO sighting. Well, what I believe was a sighting. My girlfriend can back me up on it since she's the one who saw it first. So her mother lives by a Tyson, or lives by Tyson. Literally a block away, we were sitting on my truck bed talking when she says to me, do you see that? And points over to her mom's house. And I shit you not, this thing was probably four school buses wide. Perfect circle, and it was rotating counterclockwise. But what's weird is it seemed like there were thousands of stars under it rotating as well and it went all the way over Tyson and stopped shortly after it disappeared. Two uh, two minutes later, six large red orbs appeared, and they were moving oddly, f- oddly free-floating, and they would separate and then come back together into one and then separate again. This happened about four to five minutes, and out of nowhere, they just up and vanished. We were in shock from what we saw, and no one believed us when we told them. They all brushed it off thinking we were smoking the devil's lettuce, or that it could have been drones. There's no way in hell these could have been drones. It was literally hundreds of stars rotating in a perfect circle. And the orange and red orbs, how do you explain those? I don't know, guys. Strange shit out here in Iowa. It's not the first time I've seen lights over Tyson or near this area. This is my first time ever writing to any show. I thought I'd share my experience for once, and hopefully you get to read it. If my writing sucks, sorry. (laughs) LOL, thanks again. Y'all are the best. Keep up the good shit. Y'all got a lifetime fan here. Juan, thank you so much for submitting your story. Um, first thing uh, about I would I would take these two experiences and combine them as one. <laughs> That's exactly where my brain was going. Yes, because um, these uh, sleep paralysis. I'm not trying to freak you out here, but it sounds much more like possible extraterrestrial experience.
1: Actually, Juan, if you have uh, Instagram, and I don't know because I don't know if Steve posted it to Facebook or not, but I literally just posted an audio, a phone call from uh, a guy in Missouri, which isn't all that far from Iowa. And he almost describes the exact same thing you just wrote, yeah, so if you can find that on whatever social is, media and it give it a posted. listen
0: it's i mean they're they're pretty similar, yeah, it is posted on Facebook um because the fact that it's it's happening multiple times and you're i mean sleep paralysis does come with like uh audio and visual. Experiences, so I mean, I don't know, bro. I'm saying if you're seeing UFOs and there's shit inside your house, um, my first shot is gonna be at aliens. <laughs>
1: that's where I'm at, man. At aliens, like that's where my brain goes. I'm, you know, Steve's right. Uh, sleep paralysis does come with things, but a lot of times you don't hear about seeing things. Most of the time, you don't see shit.
0: And if you have all these all these paranormal puzzle pieces and you put them together and it shows a bigger picture and that bigger picture has UFOs and fucking aliens in it, then it's probably that. I mean, yeah, I'm especially with, I'm with hearing, you. Hearing things running, like yeah, because in the in the but I'm kind of playing it from my sleep paralysis point of view because I never when I'm when that's I have true. legit sleep paralysis I never see anything, and I, I just feel the fear.
1: Yeah. And I I'm, I that's where my judgment comes from because you always talk about it and yeah. I'm I'm re, I'm doing the same thing. I'm relaying through your experience. But
0: it could be I mean the more I look at all this phenomenon together the more I, the more I think it's all connected.
1: It probably is.
0: Which I'm I'm researching and doing a case now that'll be a future show and this this family is experiencing a fucking lifetime of what they think is alien uh, interaction, but it starts out real, real fucking ghosty. Real.
1: It happened in Stardust, too.
0: Yeah, so I would not write it off that this is not some sort of extraterrestrial um, interference, especially if you're seeing the lights and shit. Yeah, man,
1: and the, the lights that you described.
0: Yeah, that was... With the stars, with the stars rotating underneath. I feel like it. I
1: recently heard somebody.
0: It almost feels like some sort of portal shit going on.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like I heard somebody recently on somebody's show talk about how something was damn near mimicking the constellations. Like they, sorry, they had a star yeah. reference as well. I cannot remember. I'm sure somebody else is out there heard it too. It might have been on one of Tony's shows. I'm not sure. But it is kind of interesting that you have. Now we, now we have somebody with. A uh, star reference. Yeah,
0: that is weird. But yeah, I don't know, bro. I definitely wouldn't say that those were drones. First off, uh, I would keep. I would keep the two separate, but also look at them in a light, Like look at them through the same lens that they might be connected. Because if you're seeing lights, and then you got <laughs> shit going on inside your house. Um, just watch yourself and try to keep track if you have any missing time. Watch yourself for any weird bruises or scrapes or scratches that you might experience that you wake up with. Um, I don't know. Just be vigilant. Please punch an alien because fuck them.
1: That's right. DDT.
0: DDT an alien through
1: the kitchen table. Shit.
0: Yeah. Why were you laying on the kitchen table? that's a question because oh shit I yeah I was in the kitchen laying on the table maybe just had a rough night <laughs> I mean <laughs> let's been. hope so but yeah if there's any other kind of weird shit that you're experiencing one uh, sh- make note of it yeah see if these things all like intertwine interact with one another because right now those two things kind of go hand in hand for alien possibly possible alien abduction
1: I'm in the same camp.
0: Yeah. So thanks for sending that in. If you think of anything else or anything else happens, uh, definitely shoot us another email. Because if it gets too out of hand, you might. Maybe we'll have you call in and we can talk about it on the Patreon or something. But
1: And we can finally get our shot at taking out some ETs. <gasps> Crippler Crossface. That's right.
0: But from there, we are going right in. Kyle's... Oh,
1: you guys are gonna be stoked!
0: Kyle's been talking about it. These stories,
1: these stories are fucking wild.
0: He said, "All he said two words, and I was sold." He said, "Thunderbird attack," and I said, "All right, I'm in." Yep, let's go. All right,
1: so this first story comes from the Tom Lyons, the author from his book "Stay Out of the Woods: Strange Encounters." Um, it involves. Roger, and it was around Cynthia Falls in upstate New York. In 2006, when Roger was 10 years old, a power outage took place while he was, or where he was living. He remembers it pissing him off because he was in the middle of a video game and it made him lose all of his progress. Well, we've all been there before, and we know how frustrating that can be. Yeah.
0: My son's dealing with it right now.
1: <laughs> he is, actually. That is fucking <laughs> weird. Um uh, you know, regardless, his father got on the phone with the power company, wanting to know why his power had been shut off. Strange thing was, the power was only off at their house. The rest of the street actually had power. So Roger's dad comes into the room and he says to the boys, "Hey, you know, stay here. I don't want you running around the house and getting hurt." Their mother, who was in the same in the living room with the boys, looked at the father and was like, They've been right here the entire time. The dad starts to look a little confused, but he just shrugs it off. Shortly after this, Roger, Roger's brother went to the closest bathroom and out of nowhere began to scream. Roger couldn't tell if it was one of the, the terrified screams or he was hurt scream. Both parents took off toward their kid to see what had happened. Chad explained how he had seen a person in the house. So their dad called out asking if anyone was there. They didn't get a response just to make sure, you know, the dad began to investigate. Their mom tried to console Chad by saying it was just a shadow. Sometimes these things, you know, surprise us that it's easy to get freaked out in the dark, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Cause they're, they're young boys at this time. Chad was adamant that it wasn't a shadow. He said, it was a strange man, and he wasn't wearing any clothes. Which, I mean, as a parent, you're, you're thinking, what the fuck? Yeah. Now I got some naked dude Weirdo. running around in the house, messing with my kids. Uh, they heard the door open, which they all thought it was it was their dad. However, no one entered the room. So their mom told them to stay there, and she was going to go find their dad. She called out for her husband a few times. And then they, the boys heard the door shut. So once again, they expected their mother to walk back into the house. But she didn't. Out of nowhere, Chad began to scream. Roger turned to see what Chad was screaming at and saw a long, thin arm withdraw from underneath the piano. Nope. Roger said...
0: he pulling back a nub.
1: Oh, it gets worse, dude. <laughs>
0: It gets so much worse.
1: Roger said that this thing felt like pure evil and as bad as he wanted to freak out and run, he couldn't. He assumed it was because he didn't want to leave his brother behind. However, Chad began to start to giggle and laugh, which in turn made Roger start to giggle and laugh. Then this thing walked over face to face with Roger Roger says literally like inches from my face just looking at him at me then it moved over to Chad and was staring him right in the eyes like it almost like it was amazed by the structure of Chad's eyes it was really investigate it appeared to be investigating the eyes very very much Roger said he would be he would be giggling and yet he had this like inner inner feeling of just complete terror and it would try to surface, but he couldn't make it surface. Like they just kept laughing. Finally, this thing ends up hobbling away and the feeling of pure terror finally sets in. The boys jumped up and they begin to run around searching for their parents. They end up running outside in their socks, screaming for their parents they kept searching and finally found their mom standing in the backyard with a blanket wrapped around her. She was staring off into the wor- woods. She was completely still and would not respond to the boys no matter what they did. They kept asking where dad was and she never responded. Suddenly they heard the front doorbell ring and they knew that it was the maintenance man. So they bolted around the house they ran up to the man and the man had this like stunned look on his face. Like why in the hell are you boys outside in just your socks in this kind of weather? The man then begins to ask, you know, where's your parents at? And Roger said that at the, at this time he couldn't speak. It appeared like Chad was in the same state. So they pointed to the backyard where their mom was. As they began to walk around the house, they actually ended up bumping into their mom and dad, who seemed as casual as ever. As they entered the house, the power was back on. Their dad assumed that the maintenance man had already fixed it, but the guy was like, no, like I, I, I haven't touched anything. So the boys were the only one who end up remembering the encounter, the mother claims she had stepped outside for two seconds to tell her husband that the maintenance man had showed up. And their dad said he had only stepped out onto the street to check and see if anyone else had power or not. And that's where that story ends. Oh, oh, no. I mean, Roger began to research um the entity that he saw. He seems to think that it is the rake. And I would strongly disagree that it is extraterrestrial. Yeah. Like that's where cuz that's literally almost textbook yeah ET shit in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I never I guess I never think about the rake and grays being similar enough to be confused. Because they're usually in different in different worlds of lore, I guess. Right. But yeah, that's not, I'm I'm saying. I mean the like the fucking, the fucking power stuff. outage, the yeah. missing time.
1: Yeah. And then it
0: almost ticking tick in the boxes.
1: It almost had like this screen memory type scenario, only with emotion instead of like visual. Yeah. Because it made them yeah. giggle instead of be afraid. That's weird. Really weird. Dude, it falls, it falls I think it's in, one of the first times I've heard that.
0: It falls into that weird realm of possible uh extraterrestrial hypnosis that I keep falling into. Yeah, where all of this missing time and all this shit is is a form of like like super hypnosis essentially, where they make you do things, they make you, follow them and do shit that you normally wouldn't do because you're, you're just, you're under this ultimate control. Essentially. It's
1: well, just like the mom, the mom just went out there and stood in the yeah. backyard, Yeah, you know, and they couldn't even find the dad. It's <laughs> so weird.
0: You know, I'm, I like, like I said, I was doing that, that research on this. Case that I'm gonna do an episode on. And I was up till like eleven o'clock last night. And I had myself freaked the fuck. Oh, out. dude, it happened.
1: <laughs> I I read you post that. And I'm like, the same shit happens to me once in a while. I hate it. Like there are times, because a lot of times, I probably even shouldn't say this, but there's a lot of times where I don't fucking lock my car doors. Right
0: now, you're now the fucking jeep's gonna be stolen. Right? I
1: know, and. Like, I'll go outside from here or like first thing in the morning, and I just get this overwhelming feeling. Cause I have like a, a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. It's fucking an 07, so don't Not be like, ah, it's a nice
0: car. Everybody knows what they're looking for when they go to it.
1: <laughs> But it's got that big, that big trunk space back there. And I always like in the back of my head, I'm like, God damn Am I gonna look in the mirror And see something back there Like son so, of a skin
0: bitch Skinwalker Just ready to rip. Oh
1: man It's so fucking I, I, do the I same get thing. creeped out sometimes
0: though I had myself creep the fuck out When I was leaving for work The day before yesterday I got up and the The coyotes were going nuts And I walked out of here About 4.30 in the morning But in behind the coyotes Was this one like Super low howl That was just You know Coyotes are usually high pitched yeah. Kind of yippy. There was one super low. I don't know if it was an old, like, basset hound or whatever. God, was, I hope it was a dog, man. But he was just ripping them underneath everybody, just low, low and slow underneath all them coyotes. And That's I'm like, awesome. Like, what in the hell is that?
1: I love it. I love it. All right, so this next story really caught my fucking attention. I'm glad that I was able to to read it. And I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's from the same book, because I don't—I didn't put a title change in here. So, anyways, apparently this happened in 2016, which is extremely relevant, right? In the in the grand scheme of time oh, yeah. here, this is, this is not that not long, long ago. ago at all. And it happened in Joshua Tree, California. Ella was celebrating her 21st birthday. It was a night that none of them would ever, ever, ever be able to forget no matter how hard they tried. And I'm this is fuck such a good story. So it's terrible too, though. So take that with what it is. <laughs>
0: her so, definition I, of good is... Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a little skewed. Subjective. Right, yeah. I apologize for being insensitive there. So Ella and all of her friends were hanging out, drinking and swimming in the pool. When all of a sudden, Lewis yelled out, or yelled, look out. Ella's friend, Laura... Was the, because I guess when he yelled, look out, most of them had seen what was coming and they all went underwater where, well, Ella's friend, Laura was the last one to submerge in the pool. And so you have Ella who's underneath the water, essentially looking at Laura and Laura finally comes down and Ella starts to notice um, a trail of blood beginning to form around Laura. Ella was thinking that you know th- this has got to be some type of crazy rabid bat that was out attacking people, maybe an owl or a hawk or whatever. They all began to go for the ladder and scramble out of the pool, and she she even points out like she, how disturbing it is when there's one you know one way out of somewhere, and you have I think it was only four people trying to get out of the pool at the same time. Like everybody's almost trying to climb over top of each other. And there is just like a, a lack of concern for everyone, but yourself. Um, but anyways, they get, they scramble out of the pool and Ella notices how bad Laura is actually bleeding. Even more disheartening to Ella was the distance to the inside of the, the home. Ella ran as fast as she could without looking back. She said as she ran, she saw a massive shadow looming over her. She had almost made it to the door when she heard her other friend, Miguel, shouting the words, Come on, you got this, come on. So Ella looked back and saw her friend, Camilla, on the ground in the the middle of a cactus patch. Miguel was trying to help her to her feet. Ella wanted, you know, naturally, as a friend, she wanted to run back and try to help her friend. And as she was running, she saw these dark talons come into view. This thing sank its claws into Camilla's upper arm. At the same time, it knocked Miguel to the ground. Within seconds, Camilla was being pulled into the sky. She was, she started to obviously scream and fight to get free, which she was actually able to do so odds are this thing didn't have that good of a grasp on her but she was also 10 feet off the ground and then on top of all that if that wasn't bad enough you know so now she's got talon claw marks in her arm she took a 10 foot fall into a giant cactus patch so
0: from bad to worse
1: oh man uh, that alone would be fucking terrible so Ella and Miguel run towards Camilla, trying to help her. Camilla, Camilla would move and just get put into more pain because she's just surrounded in in cactus. Although at the same time, personally, like if I if I was weighing my odds, I think I would just try to punch through the cactus as best, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's either get fucked up by cactus or get eaten by a giant fucking bird. anyways anytime she would move she would just get plunged into more pain finally as the creature began to loom overhead again Ella did what probably the best thing that she could have done and she just started yanking on Camilla to get her free once they did Miguel tossed her over his shoulder and began to run towards the house Ella heard Camilla scream again As she turned, she saw that both Camilla and Miguel were on the ground with the creature on top of them. The creature was then using its large beak to take literal chunks out of Camilla's back. Ella felt powerless at this point because she didn't have anything to attack the bird with. When suddenly, fucking homeboy Louis or Louise comes running around with a shovel... And starts blasting this thing in the head. And I mean, he is, she said, he's just fucking cranking on this thing. Just bang, bang. Lands several vicious strikes to the bird's head. And finally, the bird ends up giving up and flying off. So they all start to head back toward the house. Ella started to yell at her friend, uh, Maria, because she had been staying back. And she was actually recording the entire thing.
0: What? yeah,
1: so she she has video evidence of this. They begin to try and help Camilla while the ambulance was on its way and they they said Camilla, the poor girl was just fucking bleeding everywhere oh my and she God. kept asking like how bad it you know how bad is it? am I okay? And they were obviously they're like, hey, it's not that bad. you know you're gonna fucking make it. Ella was like, there's fucking blood everywhere. Like she just pour in blood. So they get there, they take Camilla away. And then obviously the police then show up. They start asking questions. So they begin to tell the police what had happened. And they also pull out their phones and show the police video footage of the incident. Ella said one of the cops at this time moved over by himself and began speaking into his radio using only numbers, which is what cops do anyways. But roughly 15 minutes later, a black SUV arrived. Of course. And two plain dressed men got out. They flashed their badges and began asking what happened. These men began to review the video. After they were done, they asked for everyone's phones. The group began to fucking argue with them like, Hey, you know, why why do I need to give you my phone? Like I didn't take no video. But they were complete they were the the guy started to threaten them. Like, you know, hey, you and your families might uh start facing some massive hurdles in the near future if you don't give us that footage. Like just for a simple example, how about I put in a call to the IRS? Dick. How about I do this? How about I do that? Dick moves. So in the end, they all end up handing their phones over. But Maria was the only one who had actually taken any video, which they airdropped to their phones. The men also reviewed the group's driver's licenses. Afterwards, they explained that Camilla had been taken to a special facility, quote-unquote special, and would then get transferred to the nearest hospital.
0: Hey, holocult. The weather's getting nice.
1: I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized and with regular live music and events there's no in-store experience like it so just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin hollow sky branded boots how awesome would that be
0: nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges. And ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: They were given the number to the hospital and told to call after a few hours to check on her. So the group called roughly every 20 minutes until Camilla's family ended up calling them, crying, asking what had happened. They said their lo- their daughter had died from blood loss. Oh, she died? She died. What the fuck? The group explained everything to the parents. However, in Camilla's obituary, it explained she passed unexpectedly while at a party.
0: What? Yeah.
1: And, like... So the, the whole story in itself is just insane, right? Like, you you have an actual recent Thunderbird attack. Like, we're not talking from the 80s or the 60s or the 40s. Like, it's literally, like, what, fucking seven years ago? Yeah. And, you know, obviously, obviously, um, as a black SUV pulls up with dudes. Of but course. what is bizarre is... It it gives the notion, which it doesn't mean necessarily, but it almost makes it sound like Homeboy, the cop, put a direct call into whomever, or or maybe it got intercepted over the air or whatever it was. But then these dudes show up, and I remember in the book, Ella, she said it was fucking disgusting because she was trying to leave as they were reviewing the video, and they kept rewinding over the part where the bird was taking chunks out of her back. And she's like, I just kept hearing that over and over and over and over. And I couldn't take it. So I tried leaving and they, they wouldn't let me leave. Um, but then the fact that they, they have, or they, they made the notion, Hey, we're going to, we, she's been taken to a special facility. So that tells you if, if all this is a hundred percent factual, that tells you they have facilities for these types of things. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like
0: Oh yeah. I thought they were gonna say that they just like memory wiped her or some no, shit. Oh no,
1: no, she passed away. <sighs> That's fucking weird. Which, like Ella pointed out in the book, I believe, that they so now they have video footage of this and then they most likely grabbed a ton of DNA samples from oh, yeah. from her poor friend. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, thunderbird attacks are nothing new. I know in our in our Illinois episode we did, we talked about the 77 Lawndale attack. Right. Where the boy was picked up and, like, carried 30 feet into the air by some giant bird. Dude, could bird. you fucking imagine? That's three stories. That would be
1: your... terrifying. Yeah,
0: ridiculous. He was 10, too. 10 years old.
1: Yeah, it'd pick him up like he's nothing. Yeah. I mean, shit, you just see, like, you don't ever realize it, but just how
0: big eagles are. Like, when they're like they're standing next to you, them fuckers are big. Yeah. It said several witnesses had seen the attack take place. The birds were described as having white rings around their neck, a four-and-a-half-foot-tall body with a wingspan that was approximately uh, over four feet for each wing. Uh, had a six inch hooked bill, three front claws, one back claw, large black body. Oh,
1: could you imagine a six-inch hooked bill just coming at your face?
0: Yeah. Tearing at your back. Oh me. man. But there are all kinds of um all all kinds of these cryptids, essentially, not necessarily birds, but similar to birds. Like if you just look up flying cryptids, you got the uh Pull these up as Kyle was uh, going over his story here. The Kongamoto is a pterosaur-like cryptid living in the semi-tropical regions of Africa. Also said to attack uh, native tribes uh, and their encounters said they have wingspans ranging from 4 to 100 feet across. That's a jet plane, dog. (laughs) Like that
1: that that, that, I can't even fucking talk like it. You almost have to assume those are coming through something.
0: Yeah. Where else would they stay?
1: That's where, I, that's where I'm at. Like you would have like this is in fucking California. My story. Right. And you would almost assume that that would. I'm not saying it has to be like an ultra regular thing, but you would think that it would there would be
0: quite a few sightings. Yeah. You, you've got the ruck, a gargantuan avian Middle Eastern bird of legend. Described as a colossal eagle or hawk-like bird of prey, said to be capable of carrying and hunting the largest animals in the Middle East. Usually described as white or tan-colored bird, its wingspan reported to be as large as 48 feet in length.
1: That's insane, man. Absolutely insane. Yep.
0: They said its feathers are as big as palm leaves.
1: I couldn't imagine seeing a bird that big.
0: Like the painting shows it carrying a bull or an elephant.
1: And you would be, you you literally like with shit like that, you would feel like a fucking field mouse. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'd be trying to hide under shit so this thing can't take you away.
0: Yep. In New Guinea Island, you got the rope and the demon flyer, cryptid thought to be either a giant bat or more commonly a pterosaur. Uh, Not as big as the other two, but still rather large. It's a featherless creature that flies in the Southwest Pacific. Has a tail length more than 25% of its wingspan. So this one has a long tail. Um, Birds suck. Here we go again. Purportedly, it lives on a diet of fish, although it's been some reports of the creature feasting on human flesh, especially from grave robbery. It's reported to have a wingspan anywhere from 12 to 100 plus feet.
1: Is it is it insinuating that it robs graves? Yeah. Is that, okay. Like it digs I, up Yeah. I I was I didn't understand if it was insinuating that or if it was like a protector of I'm thinking it's cemeteries.
0: Digging, digging up the the meat. Yeah, so
1: it's it's almost like a combination. Like almost like a, a turkey buzzard and a bird of prey. Yeah.
0: Um it was first cited in nineteen thirty five by famous biologist and entomologist Evelyn Ch- Chessman. So you have legitimate scientists who have seen the rope in.
1: that's crazy. Which I mean I guess realistically something like that could live out on an island somewhere if it, if its diet was mainly of fish.
0: Yeah. And man me and Sarah drove to Hannibal uh Monday and we took the the like long ass back roads way through like the Missouri kind of hills mm-hmm. and it is just Hundreds and thousands of acres of just hilly timber. Oh yeah, I'm like there could be yeah. so much shit living back here that nobody would even know. Oh about. yeah,
1: and that's in that's in our neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, and I'm you talking go... about
0: in the goddamn jungles of Africa and right. South America and shit. Right, who's to say there's not a bird with a fifty foot wingspan just could, shit, man. kicking it?
1: It definitely could. I'm not it's gonna. Weird. I'm not gonna throw it out. Fucking weird. So, with this next one here, I really enjoyed this story as well um, it's from Bigfoot Terror in the Woods volume four uh, shit I didn't put the author so I apologize for that but anyways this story is told by Tino and I want you to make a middle note of Tino and his friend Reese because they are military veterans Tino was actually an army ranger Reese served in the Marines. So both of these dudes like Tino is a big motherfucker. Like, I think they describe him being like six, 200 something pounds. Like he's a, he's a monster of a man. And, uh, Tino says that Reese is no slouch. So keep that in mind. So September 2003, these guys get together to do a little backpacking in the. How do you say that, Steve? I'm not good with weird words. Uh, Where's it at? Uh,
0: Monongahela?
1: Monongahela. There you go. National Forest. Early on Sunday morning, the guys woke and they went outside the tent. They ended up being surrounded by a very dense fog. Tino said that the visibility was roughly around 100 feet. Regardless, the guys ate ate a little breakfast, they packed their shit up and began heading towards a trail known as the Big Trees. Apparently, with this particular trail, even on a sunny day, the trail provides very little visibility. Tino said that Something felt off this day. It didn't, something just wasn't setting right with him. And the last time he had this feeling, he had in Afghanistan when his patrol went out and they lost nine men. As the, as Tino and Reese move on, the visibility ends up dropping more to roughly around 50 feet. Tino said that the low visibility and silence in the area made it feel like being underwater.
0: That's creepy. Yeah.
1: And those those are his direct words. All of a sudden, they heard a loud crack of a tree giving way. Tino recognizes the sound and grabs Reese and pulled him behind a tree to their left. Being that Tino couldn't see how big or far away the tree was, he just figured, you know what? I might as well just try to hide here and prevent something terrible from happening. The tree ended up landing what seemed to be extremely close. Reese even mentioned like, like, yo, Tino, that was a close call, homie. Like, thanks. Like, I really appreciate, (laughs) appreciate that. Um, the men took a few minutes to gather themselves, but something inside told Tino that the tree coming down was no accident. He couldn't prove it, but it was just the way he was feeling in the moment. So the men start walking in about 15 minutes into this. They start to hear something moving off to their right, which was the same side the tree had fallen from. Tino felt like these sounds were being made on purpose. And I assume Reese felt the same because both men end up stopping and both of them pull their knives. Seconds later, they heard a large, heavy animal stomping on the forest floor. And as quickly as it starts, it stops. The men slowly start to move down the trail, keeping a lookout as best they could. When all of a sudden, a log came flying, and it lands right in front of them. At this point, Reese is done playing games. So he starts yelling out into the fog, come out where, where you can be seen you bastard we will cut you down to size and <laughs> in, i, I kind of hot. i appreciate it because like come he's hot. he's ready and like i said they're they're two combat veterans i mean they're they're no slouches right and when he does this silence just takes over the area again so the men begin to move to the edge of the trail and they pick up some large sticks, essentially making clubs out of them. So now they got a big-ass club, and most likely, knowing that they were in the military, they probably had K-bars on them, which are a good-sized knife. It's, It's a combat knife. It's no slouch. You
0: get to all the good parts.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Tino said, I could tell you right now, if anyone would have walked out of that fog right then, they would have been Beat to death on the spot, no mercy, no remorse. They were that's how worked up these guys were. So they're on edge, they're worked up, they have no idea what the fuck is going on. They start they start to move down the trail again and they hear a grunt. And Tino said it was extremely deep and resonating. As they move forward again, the fog starts to get thicker and the trail kind of starts to snake a little bit. So, really, these dudes only had about 15 feet of visibility at this point. Tino looks to his right, and as he's taking his next step, he says, I see a massive Sasquatch on the fringe of the mist. The fog itself seemed to be floating around the the beast. So, at this point, the men are standing side by side, ready to give it all. Tino said he's, no, Tino said he's six feet, eight inches tall and was looking up to this thing. He said the expression on this thing's face just radiated evil. It had this grimace about it. This beast shoulder width was at least five to six feet. Tino said he can easily put up 350 pounds on a bench and he felt tiny in comparison to this thing.
0: That's terrifying.
1: Both the men were contemplating on what to do. They both ran through the scenarios in their minds and were, were playing it out. So at this point, all three of them, you know, you got Tino and Reese standing side by side, and then you have this massive Sasquatch in front of them, and they're all just staring each other down, almost like they were waiting for somebody to make the first move. Then with one, Tino said, with one quick step, this thing stepped back into the fog and disappeared. The men still thought an attack was coming, so they stood there for 20 to 30 minutes waiting, and they, they did not hear a single sound in that forest. Then, like magic, the fog begins to lift until it was gone, and the creature was nowhere in sight. Tino says he he felt like the creature was almost weighing its odds. Like the men, you know, because both of the men were big and they both had weapons. Tino knew, and Tino is like, I can tell you right now, without a question, me and Reese would have lost that fight.
0: Oh, bro, that's where I'm at. I'm I'm sitting here thinking that big squash just let these two dudes slide.
1: Oh, yeah. Tino knew it, but he's like, I'm going to tell you right the fuck now. We wouldn't have gone out easy. Yeah. That thing would have been cut up. You know, it it was going to get his. But he said, this is, this is Tino's final description of it. Its face was dark and wrinkled. It had a nose that was very flat to the face. When the creature grinned, he could see teeth. And he said the canine's... He wouldn't describe him like a tigers, but it was it was like Dracula, like having extended canines.
0: Oh, that's terrifying.
1: And this this quote was fucking phenomenal from Tino. He said, "Its arm and body looked like it was in a perpetual state of flexing, a living powerhouse of pure muscle and strength."
0: We call that fucking jacked. <laughs> yeah, right
1: bro, like yoked. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> it's the fog. The fog thing messes with me a little bit. Makes me think of some, Same. Of, the, some of the missing counters. Yep. encounters. Which uh, that's
1: exactly what I thought of. Uh,
0: usually the bad weather sets in after somebody's already missing, but you hear people that survive <laughs> whatever the hell is going on out there talk about. Uh, the bad weather moving in the fog, the yeah. the horrible storms move in. It's almost like it completely changes the world around them. It's um, fucking bizarre, like, man. Almost like the, it's like a veil that either casts down or lifts up and you're in just a whole different place. Yep.
1: Fucking bizarre. But I thought that story was, it was, it was very significant. And you also, I feel like, and, and, and forgive me because I'm not balls deep in the Bigfoot community. But I, I feel like a lot of times when we hear stories about Bigfoot, a lot of the stories aren't, I mean, they're frightening, but they're, they don't seem ultra-intentionally frightening, if no. that makes sense, right? I feel like some people, the majority of people, I, I'll be as far to say a lot of the ma- majority of people who have heard about Bigfoot, I feel like they have the impression This is kind of like a big Smokey the Bear type thing. Like it's just out there chilling. Passive creature. Yes. I don't think that I really agree with that. I think no. If it if it is, regardless, I feel like it's a it's a a territorial thing too. Like I feel like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time with this thing, it'll fuck you up.
0: Oh yeah, and I think I think they're the alpha predator. Right. And as far as the woods goes. Yeah, they're they're the top of the food chain. And I mean, like,
1: even if even if you, I I would put money on Bigfoot over Dogman because if if Bigfoot is as big as they say it is, like imagine this thing. This Tino said he's six eight, so that probably puts Tino. Well, if he's jacked, he's probably like what
0: two fifty. Oh, at least at six eight. Yeah, probably, so I'm probably me, thicker than that. Right, and then can you imagine like third party in this 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 whole scenario? You got like. Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Ving Rhames, totally decked out in their commando, yeah. commando uniforms, fucking buck knife, Bowie knife in hand, yeah. ready to fight. And then across the valley, across across the walkway, is a fucking like nine foot, six hundred pounds powerhouse. Yeah,
1: powerhouse. That would be. Oh, dude, it'd be
0: terrifying. Death match.
1: Oh man. But and that's what I mean. Like, if Bigfoot is that big, you know, like the, like Tino's not exaggerating at all that this thing is a fucking powerhouse. Oh yeah, like the pow- the amount of power this thing would have is unima- and un- unimaginable and ununimaginable. You hear to some
0: reports reports of them being ten and twelve feet tall.
1: Yeah, and being able to rip whole trees yeah. out of the ground.
0: You you see trees like uh, some of these some of this uh, stuff stuff they're using as evidence for Bigfoot being real huge fucking trees like foot and a half in diameter trees snapped off like at, at eight foot yeah like something just went up and just went just and broke it the fuck off
1: like i'm i'm
0: trees I've, upside down root, put back in the ground groups upside down just yeah. hanging out
1: uh and i mean the the diameter of a tree like if you're talking like a foot two foot like Imagine the amount of force it would take to break that.
0: Yeah, that's stout.
1: That's insane.
0: Stout.
1: I mean, if they, if they can do that to a you tree, could, like, imagine what yeah. they would do to your yeah. bones.
0: Think about trying to break a tree, the the width of a any tree of a baseball bat or something. A healthy tree. Yeah,
1: let's, go for it. Yeah, go for it. They, You're not going to be able to do you it. You see
0: pictures of trees that size, probably bigger than that. Let's say, let's say the the width of a, of a coffee can, twisted. Yeah. and broken.
1: Which is. Th- the amount of power is insane.
0: Just twist it.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I'm not just going to snap it. I'm going to twist yeah. it. And, and, and to go let on me, that Let me note, be extra. To go on that note, to be able to twist something, you have to have fucking thumbs. You have to have opposable yeah. digits to wrap around.
1: Dude, could you imagine the Indian rug burn that that dude could give you? No. That would fucking suck.
0: He would, I, I can imagine him tearing my arms off and just throwing them out in the woods.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's legitimately what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just, he'd just be like, I'm going to get you an Indian rug burn just tear both of my arms off and throw them in the woods. <laughs> See ya. And then I'm just going to be a, like a big bowling pin out there.
1: All right, I'm going to try to blast through this last story pretty quick here. Uh, it, I think I made it pretty short. Yeah, I did. I didn't, yeah. I didn't write a whole lot of the details. Uh, But it's, just, it's a pretty wild story, to say the least. So, this one came from phantomandmonsters.com, and I just want, and they, they seem like they have quite a few cool stories over there. So, oh, yes,
0: yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's Lon Strickler's uh, website. I that believe. sounds about right. He's got that dude is a has a fucking archive of 40 N arcane weird shit.
1: Yeah, so go over there, check their stuff out. This is where I found this story, but yeah, I, I do I do cut out a lot of details just because I knew I was going to be tight on time. Anyways, this next story apparently happens in 2008 in central Montana. The girl in the story, she was roughly 10 years old and was in the Girl Scouts. Well, they were at camp where most of the time they would hike around and look for plants and trails. There was a man who would walk around the the camp and check on the groups. She said he was a super nice guy and he always wore basically the same thing. Uh, Black hiking shoes, white socks, shorts, and this. He always had this army green backpack with him. Well, one night, some of the kids went out with four of the group leaders and also the nice man with the backpack went along too. They split the kids up in groups of three and they were going to play kind of like this uh, alternate version of hide-and-seek. Every, every group was given glow sticks, maps, and flashlights. Once you were found, you had to head back to the the field that they chose and wait for the horn to be, to be sound. So when this girl and her group ends up going out, they go way out into one of the areas and... They decide to hide there because their their little camp, this particular camp, is kind of the farthest out. They're like, "Hey, it'll take forever for them to get here." Yada yada yada. So, as the girls are sitting there, and darkness begins to creep in, the the you know, the girls are they're young; they're ten, eleven years old. Uh, they start getting more and more nervous. One of the girls, in particular, she she almost looks pale at this point; like she's just getting really scared. And then out of nowhere the girls start to hear a growling sound out of from the woods. The storyteller said that the the which makes me think of you, Steve, but she said the the growl was so subtle that if they had all been talking, they never would have heard it. That's creepy. And it makes me sound kind of like what you were talking about with the coyotes, how yeah. you had that one resonating one underneath it. Um So, you know, being in Montana and whatnot, the girl, one of the girls was like starting to freak out. You know, she was like, is that a cougar? And this makes all of them extra scared because they're like, shit, you know, a predatory cat is now lurking nearby. However, one of the girls ends up gasping and as the rest of them look to see what she was looking at, they said it was a massive beast. It almost looked like a bear but it stood on its back legs like a weird-looking deer. Its face was vaguely human. The mouth appeared as if it had been ripped open. The face was covered in blood. This thing had a long neck, thick shoulders, and was super skinny. Its hair was falling out. The arms were longer than what they should have been. and she see, She even said that under this mop of hair, she noticed two small subtle horns. What? The eyes were of a milky white color, and in the bloody hands of the creature was the nice man's backpack, which she goes again to state he never ever takes that thing off. Uh-oh. Then the thing begins to move or begins to move towards them. So the girls crawl underneath a concrete picnic table to which they started at this point. They're throwing everything they can find at this creature. I mean, she's, she's like, we're throwing books, flashlights, glow sticks, food, anything that we have in our, in our packs. We're, we're chucking at this thing. So it begins to try and start to reach in. And she's like, it was making this cracked wailing or howling. And before long, the girls, they just end up scrunching together as tight as they can get. And they they all virtually decide to start being silent. Finally, she said this thing kind of walks away from the table. Because it, it was trying to reach in and fit in there, but I guess it was too big. It could reach them. And, I, and one of the girls did get kind of fucked up. <laughs> but she said that it... It walks away, turns and looks back at them. And then it starts to run toward the the picnic table. But as it's running, it's running on all fours. And then it jumps over top of the picnic table, lands on two feet, keeps running, and then gets back down on four feet and runs.
0: Reminds me of the, the wolf creatures from the Alaska email. Yeah. Walking on twos and walking on fours. Yeah.
1: And then shortly after this happened, uh, one of the leaders found them and took them back to camp. You know, like I said, one of the the girls had bad claw marks on her back, and the camp and everybody there ended up chalking it up to a bear attack. But the girl was obviously adamant, all the girls were obviously adamant that this was no bear attack, They didn't know what it was, but to me, it sounds like they ran into uh, a version of the Wendigo. It's what I feel like closely resembles what they were describing.
0: Man, I saw a video of something crossing a freeway or a highway, and it was a human-like creature, but it was running on all fours.
1: That's so disturbing.
0: I wish I could find it again. I wish I could find it again.
1: But the the girls apparently were even, I don't remember if they were questioned by the police or if they're, no, I think they were questioned by one like a park ranger or something. And they had asked um, if they had seen recently the man with the backpack. And they're like, well, last time we saw him was on this day. Oh, yeah, that's gross.
0: That's fucked up.
1: That is fucked up looking. It is shaped like a human. It's just yeah.
0: With its back arched running on all fours. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's gross.
0: Yeah, strange humanoid creature caught on video crossing highway. Oh, I hate it. I
1: don't like it.
0: It's got a shadow, so I hate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the shadow even lengthens in the uh, car lights there.
0: Remind me and I'll post that on socials. That's
1: gross. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. But yeah, those are the stories that I was able to dig up.
0: A um, couple things. A couple things. Uh, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Volume 4, is written by W.J. Sheehan. There you go. Got a whole bunch of these volumes. Oh, yeah. Check it out. They got some cool stories in them. Apparently, he's he's a pretty well-known author. He says he's heard on Coast to Coast, Sasquatch Chronicles, Beyond Reality. Oh, that's awesome. Or Beyond Reality, Passion for the Paranormal, Where'd the Road Go?, Late Night in the Midlands, Lost River Legends, and the one, the only. Oh, shit. The Confessionals.
1: I'll be damned.
0: Maybe he'll maybe want to come on and talk.
1: Nah, probably not. We're not big enough.
0: We are the coolest lames. I would I would agree with that. (laughs) Um another thing we we glazed over from Juan's story that I popped into my head. Yeah. Was that he said he used the name of Jesus.
1: And it didn't work. And it
0: didn't work. Yeah. Which
1: is That is weird.
0: Uh we're gonna need some feedback on this Discord folk there's a lot of spirituality going on in the discord so man
1: it, it makes that it kind of re revalidates to a degree my stance on it being extraterrestrial. I know in some cases that shit works against ETs. However, what he it, he didn't go into full just or no, I, I'm confusing stories, never mind. I'm confusing stories there. Never mind. But He he doesn't describe in detail um,
0: what the entities look like. No. So. Just that they're sh- shadowy. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know, man.
1: Which most, you would think, assumption would be that most quote-unquote shadow creatures would adhere. Because you, you almost feel like they're more spiritual. However, that doesn't mean that they are. No. You know what I mean? They could be some type of altered yeah, dimensional these, these being. I, come I don't from, fucking know.
0: Come from dimensions where there aren't gods.
1: Right. So I mean that's yeah.
0: That's come from that's dim- fucking that's a fucked up thought there. from dimensions where they don't adhere that's a to whatever laws.
1: Really scary thought. Like the like your your little statement there they come from a dimension where there are no gods. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Sometimes
0: I, sometimes I drop some in one-liners. <laughs> that was a good one.
1: <laughs> it sounds like it'd be out of a Will Ramos song. I, I, I come I, from a dimension where there are no <laughs> gods.
0: It does make it makes you think. Like like we were talking in the Discord about spirituality and stuff, and they said that they're they're like these these um, almost like these spiritual laws of the universe, for lack of a better term. That's how I paraphrase it myself, right? And that that all of the beings on our plane have to had to adhere to underneath. But I'm like, as a, as we're talking about it, what about beings from other planes? What yeah. about beings from other dimensions? Beings like right. from dimensions where their gods don't acknowledge these gods. Right.
1: Yeah. You I know? think that's a fair fair comment. I really do.
0: I mean, and I'm I'm not saying I buy into one one way or the other, but it's something that you have to think about. Like for sure. Because everything everything that we perceive and everything that we think we have knowledge about is just within our human realm. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like with our mathematics, our... uh, Fucking everything. Our physics. Our psychology is all solely based around how we experience it as a human. There are places where I think living things exist that don't even know what the fuck a human is. Yep. And they have well, it's their just own like your serpo,
1: your serpo, yeah. where they didn't even, they, they did they're like, what?
0: Yeah, they're talking, well, our math is made by Einstein. And they're like, who? Exactly. Exactly. They're like, that's cool, but who? Yep. It does. It makes you think. And that's what we're here for. That's right. Putting little brain nuggets in. Get, keep your gears a turning. And if you haven't joined the Discord, please do. F- the link should be in the show notes on yes. our link tree. Join the Discord great place wonderful people all all sorts of different opinions all sorts of different thought processes but we everybody gets along everybody puts their their own wood in the fire and it just kind of keeps rolling and it's a great little think tank over yeah, there yeah
1: forever evolving it's yeah. very it's cool
0: it is cool it is cool it's a fun ecosystem it is so, on that note, I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe Halloween next week. I hope all of you holocult, mem- HoloCult members that have little ones out there, I hope they have an excellent time doing whatever you're going to do, trick-or-treating, hanging out, watching scary movies, whatever it is, getting candy. I hope they get all hopped up on sugar and make you have a miserable night because that's what being parents of children are for. Having them have fun and you paying for it. But until we meet again, check us out at all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Reddit, Discord, TikTok, you name it. We're there till next Monday. Stay safe. Stay weird. And if you happen to get a cryptid attack on film, do not give any alphabet boys your fucking phone. Throw the shit in the forest if you have to. Just don't give it to them. Fuck's sake.